This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Well, what a day on Wall Street. The Dow set an all-time record yesterday in that boosted shares across the board, including a lot of traditional automotive suppliers. Visteon was up over 5%, Dana was up nearly 7%, and Adiant was up 9%. The AutoLine Stock Index which tracks over 50 automotive stocks, including OEMs, suppliers, retailers, and EV startups, was up a solid 4%. The biggest gainer of all was Fisker, up 38%, and it's up more than 50% for the month, thanks to its announcement that Foxconn will make cars for it, presumably in China. Volvo and Geely are walking back plans to merge into one global business. Instead, they're going to merge their powertrain operations into a new standalone company that will focus on next-gen hybrids and ICEs. It's expected to be up and running this year and will produce systems for both companies as well as other automakers. They'll also further collaborate on autonomous and EV solutions. Well, here's our AutoLine Insight. No doubt Volvo wanted to remain as a European-centric car company, Also, both Volvo and Geely have a lot on their plate right now, and a merger could create all kinds of havoc that would delay their work. And speaking of powertrains, Cadillac is giving the X-T5 and X-T6 an update in China. It's now offering a 48-volt mild hybrid system, which gets paired with the SUV's 2-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine. The motor helps assist the engine under acceleration, and the system also adds a regenerative braking and electric idling function. Cadillac says fuel efficiency of the X-T5 improves by 5%, while it's a 6% improvement for the X-T6. It didn't reveal what testing procedure those figures are based on, but some companies still quote NEDC, which is outdated. And we mention this because if the EPA numbers would be anywhere close to what's quoted here, we could easily see the 48-volt system make its way to the U.S. as well. Ford CEO Jim Farley is calling on the U.S. government to support large-scale battery production and improve the charging infrastructure for commercial vehicles in the U.S. Farley says that will help boost demand for electric vehicles. He compared the lack of battery production to the chip shortage that's currently disrupting production, saying, quote, We can't go through what we're doing now with chips. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing. Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data.
world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. Daimler Truck CEO Martin Dom says the transition to electric vehicles will result in thousands of job losses in Germany by 2033. EVs use fewer parts, so not as many workers are needed to build the components. Dom did not reveal how many jobs will be affected, but the company employs around 14,000 workers at its plants in Germany. However, it will reduce its workforce through severance packages and retirements, not with forced layoffs. And for more insight into how electric vehicles will impact factory jobs, check out our AutoLine This Week with Jeff Doko, the research director for the United Auto Workers, to learn how the union is preparing for the transition. Ford said its Explorer customers demanded a more refined interior, so for the first time it's applying its King Ranch trim level to the SUV. Like all King Ranch models, the interior is draped in leather. It's on the seats, the dash, the doors, and the center console. It also comes with open pour wood accents, a unique grill color, and King Ranch badging all over. The King Ranch Explorer hits dealerships this spring with a starting price of just over $52,000. Tack on another two grand for four-wheel drive. Jeep said it put a V8 in the Wrangler because its customers wanted it. But the price is likely a bit higher than some of them would have thought. Right now, only the launch edition is available, which tips the pricing scale at a shade under $75,000. We're not sure if more versions are coming, but that's about 20 grand more than the next most expensive version of the Wrangler, the 4XE. You get a lot of content with that price, but it's still a heck of a lot of money for a Wrangler. The Wrangler Rubicon 392 hits dealers this spring. Mobility provider Lyft is going after an older demographic. It's introducing Call a Lyft Ride, which allows someone without the app to book a ride by calling a special number. A price is provided up front and paid for by card over the phone. Lyft will even text updates as well as a tracking link to see where the vehicle is at. The service is first being offered in a number of select cities in Florida. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Borg Warner, propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. The biggest name in racing is returning to the highest level of endurance racing. Ferrari announced it will compete in the hypercar category at Le Mans in 2023. While it hasn't revealed any information about the car, Ferrari's return was made possible because the LMP1 category is being replaced. The hypercar category allows for a wider spectrum of vehicles, including ones based on production vehicles. 1973 was the last time Ferrari competed in the top category at Le Mans. We recently had the Toyota CHR roll through the Autoline garage and had mixed feelings about it. First, the styling. It sure is a busy design, but here's the weird thing. It can look garish from some angles, but purposeful and pleasing from others. 
Under the hood is a naturally aspirated 2-liter that develops 144 horsepower and 139 pound-feet of torque. That's not a lot. And this is a bulky 3,300-pound vehicle, so that works out to 23 pounds per horsepower, which puts it in pretty pokey territory. Worse, peak horsepower comes on at 6,100 RPM, and peak torque comes on just under 4,000 RPM. So you really have to wind it out if you want to get anything out of the engine. But the engine complains at anything over 3,000 RPM, and its CVT often has the engine working at that rev range. We think a turbo could transform this vehicle, because once you get past the anemic power, it's a pretty decent vehicle. It's comfortable with good road manners, and better still, you get Toyota's excellent Safety Sense system with all the latest safety technology, including pedestrian detection. Standard equipment includes 18-inch black alloy wheels, adaptive cruise control, heated mirrors, an 8-inch touchscreen, and a decent sound system. Unfortunately, no heated seats, which we really missed since our test drive matched up with the lowest temps we've had here this winter. Even so, the CHR is priced at $26,000, including destination charges, which is a good value. Toyota sells about 48,000 CHRs a year in the U.S. market. And here's one thing we didn't know about it. The CHR is made in Turkey. Now that was a surprise. And before we go, we've got a reminder to join us for AutoLine After Hours this afternoon, when we'll get into the future of auto shows. Are they ever going to make a comeback? And what will they do to reinvent themselves? Join John and Gary for some of the best discussions of what's going on in the automotive industry. But this is the end of today's show. Thanks for tuning in.